Hey, do you remember in Germany when Banyaya was 91 points outside of the title lead? It's now 10. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Ladies, gentlemen, friends outside the binary, we have a championship fight on our hands, everybody. <laughs> oh, boy. This is different. Well, well, well. Just when you... We were going into this round. Oh, by the way, this is episode 397 in the Most What 101 podcast. I'm your host, Dre Harrison. Let me just get the... the uh, Get the intro out of the way. Um, yeah, we we all said going into Aragon that this was a bogey round for Quadraro. He had never finished on the podium in all his years at Aragon. It's been uh, he doesn't like this track at all. We didn't think there'd be a twenty point swing coming out of this round, meaning that now <laughs> the top three in the championship are covered by seventeen points. One um, would say it's not entirely on Fabio in this case. No, quite the opposite. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's it's shall we say MotoGP and Lemony Snicket's uh, series of unfortunate events, and uh, we'll get into how we got to this point um, briefly. But uh, shall we say first of all to our esteemed panel? First up, Mr. Cam Buckley. Hello, sir. Uh, hello, everyone. Um, I came in from work earlier. I can barely walk. I have a Mexican Coke. It's all good. Cane <laughs> sugar for life. I love that the Mexican the Mexican Coke is doing is doing a lot of the heavy lifting here. It is I, doing I, all of the heavy lifting. It is the it is the single thread of my sanity remaining. <laughs> we will go with the Mexican Coke. Uh, sugar cane for all your life supporting needs. Also with us, RJ O'Connell. Hello, sir. If y'all thought um, Circuit of the Americas last year was bumpy, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be heading to Sebring by the time you read this. Mm. Uh, that, of course, famous for being the bumpiest of bumpy tracks on purpose, and people like it that way. Mm. Uh, I cannot imagine that would be a very pleasant experience on a motorcycle, though. No, I, I oh god, like bikes, Sebring, no, 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 a thousand times no, um, <laughs> to say the least. But welcome to MotoGP's episode at Aragon, uh, what I like to call the start of the Gauntlet, the Gauntlet Two, Gauntlet Harder, I should say. After we talked about it with IndyCar earlier this year, we have five, count them, five MotoGP episodes coming up over the next six weeks. By the time we get through that Gordon, we'll probably have a really good idea who will end up being world champion because that's five out of the remaining six races left on the MotoGP calendar. And boy, probably since Assen, I would say, probably the biggest world championship flashpoint we've had so far. Um, probably for the whole of the 2022 season, in fact, because Fabio Quadraro's race lasted about 20 seconds. <laughs> and uh, he, he was unfortunately the unfortunate victim of a collision with wait that's Mark Marquez's music um, we did not think Mark Marquez was going to come back this soon but he did <laughs> um, when, that's funny by the time we released episode 396 talking about you know the fact that uh, we were foreshadowing what was going to happen and, you know, how Marquez plays it for the rest of the year. We were all wrong. 
badly, badly wrong. And uh, it showed, <laughs> to say the least. They ended up being back just four days later. Um, goes, goes to show we, we got it badly wrong. But we'll talk about Mark Marquez and his return to Grand Prix Motorcycle Racing. And uh, oh, we had a... Uh, we had a lot to go through on that one. Also, we had a fantastic fight for the win. <laughs> it's a familiar tale. It's Francesco Bagnaia versus Inea Bastianini. And this time, there was more than one overtake involved. We'll talk about that. And we'll talk about a strange one here, folks. Arguably, the most high-profile MotoGP incident in terms of mainstream media attention, I think since the pang of 2015, like CNN reported this story, which which is which is something that I never thought I would see in in, in, a, in a million years. CNN reporting on Moto Three, <laughs> yeah, that was a real thing. Um, so we'll get into how a crazy incident in pit lane on Saturday qualifying went viral, believe it or not. So we get into all of that over the next forty minutes or so. But before we get into that, let's get into where you can find us. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. If you, if you want to follow us personally, you can at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, and at CBuckley917. Look out for the guy with the bio that says, Man Too Angry to Die. It's well worth the follow. Um, hey, if you- I am also a special stage Route 11 enthusiast. That, that that's a it's a good habit it's a good it's it's a good enthusiasm to have we're on instagram at motorsport 101 pod you can check us out on there for content updates and all that good stuff um also we can catch all of that content on our website motorsport101.com including reviews of of not only this race at moto gp but hopefully by the time this goes up a extended special called what's in a super license the colton hurts a problem yeah, I thought I'd just take all those debates about Formula One super license and deconstruct and break it all down culturally, mathematically, and in terms of driver evaluation, all in one great big long form piece. Putting it together and putting in a bowl like a great do- dish of a quick serve fusion cuisine. Oh, that yeah. You paid $15 for. Yep, pizza in a ball, etc. Et um, all of that will be in a big, long-form piece by the time this goes out, probably. Um, keep an eye out for it on the blog section at motorsport101.com. And if you really like us, you can back us financially at Motorsport 101 uh, on Patreon on there. You can back us there. $5 gets you early access to all of our um, episodes before they go out, and there's some other perks on there as well. Shout out to Jake Myers, who was our latest backer that came through on Monday. Thank you very much, sir. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. Should we get into MotoGP? Let's talk about MotoGP and their Grand Prix of Aragon. Round two, fight. Francesco Bagnaia, Enea Bastianini, another head-to-head showdown at Motorland Aragon. The two future Ducati factory teammates were a mile away from the rest of the field, and despite an early missed skirmish from Enea earlier on, Francesco Bagnaia was leading into the final lap, and this time Enea Bastianini made a clutch pass at turn six, with Bagnaia admitting afterwards that he just was, quote, taking too many risks, taking second place. But you'd never guess, given that he'd finished just 
42 thousands of a second behind Bastianini, who took his fourth win of the season. But with Fabio Cordararo taken out just 20 seconds into the race by riding at the back of Mark Marquez, more on that later, Banyaya's second was still good enough to reduce his deficit in the championship for 30 points down to 10 with five races left. And Alicia Spargo, not far behind them, now 17 points behind at third. So, fellas, is Francesco Bagnaia and his getting away from the cop speed the new <laughs> favorite for the world championship despite finishing second on the day? He's no longer undefeated since becoming a criminal. The, the crims caught up with him. Sp- sp- special officer Anaya Bastinini um, laid out the arrest. <laughs> he, he, he had Marcel Jacobs behind him with handcuffs. He's the only they told, man that could they keep told, up. They told him, Francesco's the one who leaked the GTA 6 code. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, we've just dated this podcast. Oh, man. Oh, damn it. What, what are you talking about with how long that game is going to take to make it? You could have like five more leaks between now and then. Oh, yeah. This is, it's going to come out sometime in 2030, whenever the hell GTA 5 stops making the money. God, um, I love my PlayStation 7. I know. It's great, isn't it? Um, it's, it's hard for me at this point not to argue that Banya is not title favorite now this it, and i was worried in the last episode i mean i literally wrote this down in, a, in the show notes where i said the only thing that concerned me about Banya was that the old jacati catchphrase cam you know you know the one <coughs> death taxes ducati tucks the front yeah there it is um he, he took the points oh if, if, if we if, if banyaya's word is to be believed and i haven't got a reason not to believe him he took the points when the nea passed him i was like oh so he is thinking about the championship now then was what was one of the thoughts that came into my head i just thought well peko's just gonna ride all out and see what he can get he actually gave it some thought and thought you know what Plus 20 is good enough here. And I think that was a very wise decision if it was true he was taking that many risks. And Hanea Bastianini was, I think he certainly was the faster man on the day. Um, it's just, we all know with MotoGP, it's, it's stupidly hard to pass at the moment. And I mean, Cam, you saw it. It was a fascinating race in the sense of, Anea was just outgunned him tactically on this one. It was just, he showed his hand early with the final corner and it didn't work out. And he got him at turns. I think it was turn seven, actually. I think I made a mistake. I wrote six down. It was actually turn seven, Cam. But uh, yeah, it, was, it was pretty mm. even between them, honestly. But you could see, I mean, Bastianini's bike was practically over the limit, pretty much all the way around the lap. You could see it squirming into the corner entry. Mm. Uh, pretty much every fast turn. There was a couple where he looked like he was going down and you know, come to gather the bike back up. But uh, I, I think the smartest thing that Anaya did is he he drilled him at a place where he hadn't tried before mm. and where he could kind of bet on himself for the rest of the lap because by squaring off a couple of corners later in the lap, it made it very difficult for Banyaya to actually get back to him. Um. Because really, they were pretty much evenly matched, but faster in different areas of the circuit. Yeah, it was. It was. 
it's it's weird because I just I just don't think Banyaya was prepared for a fight in the end because I mean, can you blame him? He's not been overtaken in a race for five rounds, pretty much. It's just been he's barely had to work hard at the front of the field. He's not had to be in a real dog fight, and they're not gonna be around very often with the state of the sport how it is right now. But I mean, the last two rounds between them, eight thousandths of a second net. After an hour, <laughs> after an hour and a half of racing, they are virtually identical. Yeah, <laughs> and it is, it is incredible. Mean, those that is going to be a very interesting teammate dynamic next year because it mm. could either go really, really well or really, really poorly. Um, especially with mm. two reasonably fiery personalities. They are hotheads. Um, they are not a part. Of, they are both not part of the. Uh, one of them is not part of the VR Forty Six Academy we know and love, because um, Anaya is not one of those dudes. I, I, I always love surprising people, telling people that you do realize Anaya is not a VR Forty Six guy, right? <laughs> and uh, he's and people he, just he assume all it, uh, all riders with an Italian name. Just oh yeah, must have come through there. To be fair, it's a fair assumption, but um, yeah, like like they are fiery personalities. Definitely more Anaya than than Francesco, I would argue. Oh yeah. Also, Anaya is losing his crew chief at the end of the season because he's going to KTM next year. Um, yeah, good is, luck with that, bud. Uh, yeah, you know, good luck to him. My first was was, was my first response on that one. But uh, RJ, <laughs> yeah. you saw it. Number, what did you make of it, buddy? Oh, that was. I, I admittedly I had to catch up through the highlights, but I heard that this was good, so I wanted to tune in and catch the highlights of this race. It's just, yeah, the first lap of this was a bit of a mess. Obviously, you hate to see Corderaro hit the deck like that, mm. uh, that early into the race when it was already looking like it was going to be a struggle for him to be competitive at this circuit. Mm. So that's not ideal. Glad that he's okay. I mean, that way I don't have to feel guilty about this championship being bunched up. <laughs> but well, and I'm not so sure if it even was because... A level with the both of you. Mm. When's the last time it looked like Quadraro was able to challenge for a win? Been a hot minute. Yeah, I um, mean, obviously the Yamaha is not the poverty bikes that everybody else on a Yamaha is making it look like. Shout out to Cal Crutchlow points on return. I say Cal uh, Crutchlow showed up this weekend and made Darren Bender and I'm sorry to say this Frankie Morbidelli look like scrubs. Yeah, great job from from Cal um, on, on, um, uh, to fill in and finish thirteenth. As you may not know, he's filling in for Dovi's ride for the rest of the season in the uh, satellite uh, RNF uh, Yamaha team. Thirteenth, um, first race back. Good, good I, performance from the man. I, I just think the big the big yeah. dynamic that has shifted is that we know Ducati was a bit late to the party with this bike, and that it's mm. really more of a GP twenty one point five. Yeah. getting everything to work together properly. Since they've kind of gotten their front tire wear under control, no one's been able to see them. Miles clear the best bike in the field. Nobody took the front. It, nobody, and it still has that tendency because I think every every bike in MotoGP at this point is busted in some way. Yeah. Um, but the Ducati seems to have the least vices. Yeah. Fewest vices. Me, grammar, good. Mm-hmm. Um, when everything is kind of when it, when it's firing on all cylinders, and then Alicia Spargaro 
waving from the back. He's only 17 points behind. He's done just enough to keep himself in the mix, and that was a very well road third this past weekend. He was in a tight fight with Brad Binder all the way through. The Lord. Him. The Lord. Brad Binder in fourth, by the way. Like I keep I continue to say it. He's the most underrated bike rider in the world today. The man is doing the work of himself, the Lord. Um he's a reminder, Brad Binder is seventh in the championship on a KTM. A piece <laughs> pile of garbage. The man is a monster. I don't care what you tell me. He's doing the work of the Lord on that. How did on Miguel machine. Oliveira win on this thing in Mandalika? Yeah, let's not forget that too. I mean, yeah, Alicia Spagaro came through with, with, with two laps to go past Brad Binder, got third place, 16 very precious points. His sixth podium of the year, by the way, for Alicia Spagaro. <laughs> um, and yeah, only 17 points back now. I wouldn't even completely rule out Bastianini if the wrong man tucks the front at minus 48 with five to go. Bastianini thinks it's too much to make up. I don't believe him. Like, How can anybody say that 48 points is too much to make up when Banyaya has taken 81 points out of Quadraro's lead in the last five rounds? Well, because 20 just got dropped for not so great reasons. Yeah. It's uh, not ideal, but he's lost, on average, 16 points per round over the last five races. Yikes. So I I cannot sit there in good faith and say that, that 48 for Bastianini is too much to make up, because we know he's got the upside to win a race, which is... Uh, oh, it's that upside, but where's the floor? That's the problem. Like, is Bastianini's floor is 10th place. And that's not going to cut it at this at this point now. He needs to be on the podium week in, week out. And he's not been able to really prove he can do that yet. This was back-to-back podiums, which is which is a good sign. He needs to run another three or four of these and see if he can bully Banyaya into a mistake. Because that's the only way he's going to win the championship from this far back now. Um, but he's at least keeping his name in the conversation, which is definitely something that's valuable. Um, <clears throat> I would say, but yeah, yeah, minus seventeen covering the top f- top five. We've got four, we've got five rounds to go. It's Mategi next weekend. Um, if fingers, it happens, fingers crossed. We we know there are um a lot yeah. of typhoons hitting mainland it's Japan. one typhoon but yep. it's a it's a pretty big one typhoon mm. Amidal, uh made landfall this week. It looks mm. like it lost a little bit of steam, but. Still, there was there are people without power, people without homes, people. Some people lost their life, unfortunately. Some were injured. Um, we'll see if it happens. You know, it's looking like it may well happen because Mategi is further along the east mm. and up north than, say, a place like Autopolis or Okayama in the southwest region. And by then, this should have lost a lot of steam, but. I expect it to be wet when and if it does happen. Uh, in, hoping, in, for, hoping for good things. Hoping for good things. And of course, our thoughts go out to everybody in Japan. Hopefully, hopefully it's not going to be as bad as feared. Um, all the best to those guys out there. Um, whether we have a race or not, we'll have to remain and see. Hopefully, it'll be safe enough for us to be able to do that. Yeah. <clears throat> pardon me but um yeah fingers crossed on that one but uh yeah another 
fascinating fight between the two future Chikaris there. Again, just we've we've had the two closest finishes in MotoGP history in the last three years. It's it's uh in back-to-back races with the same two protagonists only swapped around. It's uh it is crazy just how evenly matched those two are at the moment. Fantastic racing, all told. Box back! Mark Marquez is back! Yeah! Yes! It looked yeah. like things were going great until they weren't. So, yeah. so he was out there. He liked testing the new Calets aluminum or aluminum swing arm. He pulled off another remarkable save on his good arm. Mm. He was looking good to make Q2 if it wasn't for a late yellow in the session. But then in the race, first of all, he gets a rocket start, right? And he's up in about the top six, like a couple quarters in. But then he yeah. wobbles at turn six. Fabio Cordero drives right in the rear of the bike. He crashes. He hits the deck. The part of Fabio's fairing gets stuck in Marquez's bike. That damages Marquez's whole shot device. And as he's trying to look behind him just to let everybody know, like, hey, I'm riding around a limp bike. He does not see Takaki Nakagami riding up behind him. They collide. Nakagami hits the deck. And Marquez has come back, effectively last one lap. Not ideal, but what did y'all make of the return of Mark Marquez? Well, he's still box office. I just didn't know if we were expecting <laughs> him to be this box office. Oh, dear. Um, uh, bit of a mixed bag. He looked a little bit like his old self. He can, in his own words, he can make shapes on the bike again. Uh, mm. And he was making the shapes. I mean... That uh, left arm elbow save was classic Mark. Uh, oh, yeah. It was an FP4. Yes. Uh, stupendous save on the good arm. Um, decent pace was generally the fastest Honda. Um, just beaten in qualifying by Taka. You know, again, that late yellow flag. He was on a lap that was probably good enough to jump him into Q2. Yeah, unfortunately, Polar Spagaro crashed um, on, on his final hot lap in Q1, put out a yellow in that area, and obviously that means all laps are going to be taken away because you can't go at full racing speed on a local yellow. So, yeah, that was the end of the session, Reps, effectively. Repsol Honda taketh, and Repsol Honda taketh away. <laughs> yeah, so Mark had to qualify 13th, and obviously that's what led to the chaos that unfolded afterwards i mean cam what did you make of it all um right to to, to take off my 93 gear Mm. um it was uh, it was a nasty incident it was you know mark probably pushing a bit too hard on a cold tire not unlike those in front of him because a couple of riders did have to back off as they were offline and just Mm. spun the rear tire up Unfortunately, when Mark had his moment, you know, he spun the rear tire up, had to gather up the bike. Fabio was right there, and he just had nowhere to go. Um, Mark's mistake, but ultimately, I would class it a racing incident. Pretty much everyone agreed it was a racing incident. Um, It just sucks that... uh, It sucks that he got caught up, that Fabio got caught up in Mark's mistake, and that that had major championship implications. Mm. And then it got worse. 
<clears throat> now, there's been a lot of discussion regarding ride height devices. I think it's a very short discussion. A very short discussion, unless you're Ducati, in which you are doing everything. You are paying off anyone you can call mm. to keep this thing in play. And unfortunately, because these these automatically activate, they 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 work at a certain speed, and the bike basically automatically lowers. Um, with the chunk of Fabio's bike stuck in Marquez's uh, swing arm. When the whole shot device engaged after a couple of corners where the bike, Mark said the bike felt okay, it engaged, it pitched him left right into Taka. Oh, so that's what did it. That is horrible. Yeah, I mean, effectively, it locked the bike in place and locked it, you know, basically crabbing left. Uh, Mark is looking down, trying to figure out what's going on with his swing arm. Um... And Taka basically just gets launched off his bike because yeah. it's dragging Mark's rear tire and it's sending him left. <sighs> Is there any justifiable reason left for these devices? Um, Ducati can't win without them. That's their argument. And <sighs> the big thing is uh, the the terrible uh, the terrible thing that actually the the thing that might come out of this. If they get banned on safety grounds, it's in the hands of FIM and MotoGP, not the Manufacturers Association. Yeah, because uh, this has been the big political sticking point of this in of of this discussion about ride height devices. Now we know the front ride height device that Ducati was testing out this year and that was going to be uh, ran through probably more likely in the following years has already been banned for next year. Um, but there's been, uh, I mean, look, we've we've made it very clear on this show over the course of this season that we don't think the ride height devices serve much purpose. It, it, it's 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 gone too far. It was one thing when they were only being used off the line, um, and it actually was safer to do that off the start line in races, um, keeping front wheels down and whatnot. It's 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 taking the piss now. Like, the fact it's being used in corners, left, right, and center. It's what's probably been the fundamental reason as to why the racing hasn't been as good overall this season. And <clears throat> if it's now getting to the point where if they fail, it's genuinely dangerous, which I think there is an argument you can make regarding this now because we've seen this with Marquez. It's not like it, we go almost every race, there's at least one ride height device failure. Yeah, we've now, and we saw we saw it with Maverick Vinales in Germany. We saw it with Alex Marquez in in Germany as well, and now we've seen one with Mark, where it's failed, and now it's caused a nasty incident, which could have been far worse for Taka. Taka keeps dodging bullets, by the way. I mean, holy shit! It's the Didn't sec- so much dodge this one. He did have surgery today due to mm. uh, tendon damage in his in his hand. Yeah, he he will be touch and go for Mategi this weekend if we have a race on because uh, it's a good thing it's a good thing he it's a good thing he got that contract extension because he was not about to miss what could have been his last race in front of his home crowd as a MotoGP rider if not for that. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so yeah, he was declared unfit after the medical check, which means he automatically has to be checked on Thursday before the Grand Prix weekend starts. So. 
We'll have to wait and see. As Cam says, he had surgery from good old Dr. Mir this morning. Um, he'll, he'll be touch and go, whether he'll be fit um, for Mategi this weekend. We'll have to wait and see. But, uh, yeah, thankfully, we everybody else got out of the way because he, he fell onto a live track, and that was a very scary one. Thankfully, everybody got out of the way um, in time because that, that could have been – Oh, that could have been nasty. That Same could have been real bad. Yeah. Amazingly, not the first time I've said that about Taka this season, which is scary in its own right. But ban these fucking ride height devices. This this is this is getting ridiculous now. Like honestly, like that's two bullets dodged on the nastiness of these devices failing. And yeah, Fabio had a nasty one as well. He was you can tell it knocked the wind out of his sails when he fell off his bike. He had two. Yeah. yeah, too, because then after being picked up on the scooter, mm. the guy riding the scooter on the way back to the pits crashed. Crash, crashed oh into God. another bike. Thankfully, Fabio still had his helmet on. Otherwise, it could have been much worse. Marshall was actually apparently quite badly hurt off this crash. Thankfully, only minor injuries. But uh, yeah, uh, they crashed on the way back to the pit lane, too. Um, so when it rains, it pours for Fabio. Not only have you had your title league cut by two thirds, not only have you had a nasty crash of abrasions all over your chest because his levers ripped open when he hit the deck. Another scary one. What is it with Fabio and his levers? Um, what is it with Fabio and Aragon? This just, place, it's cursed. It's a, it's a curse for him. And then, of course, he crashes on the way back to pit lane. Absolutely crazy stuff. And it's a damn shame as well because people have asked me about this um, and saying, well, Dre, is there a possibility that Marquez might skip around or two? I would say, yeah, there's a there's a possibility. I mean, the whole point of this for Marquez is not only developing the 2023 Honda going forward, it's also just to get the muscle strength back in his arm again to be able to go a full race distance. And now he's just lost an opportunity to be able to do that because of a freak incident. Um, which is, I, I don't think he will be. I don't, I don't think he will be missing races because. This is his rehab. He has to take the pain mm. because uh, there's no other bike he can ride, you know, production bike or otherwise, that's going to rebuild the muscle in his arm like a MotoGP bike is going to. Mm. And there, there's no weights you can lift. He just has to take the pain. That's gotta be. That's like a really interesting thing. It's just like uh, all the forearm curves in the world. That's not going to help you the way that thrashing around a prototype thousand cc motorcycle. The way that's going to put muscles back in your forearms, pal. Right. Like this. Seriously. Like we should get some gym bros on some motorcycles, like some <laughs> heavyweight motorcycles, and just have them thrash these bikes around the way MotoGP riders do. I mean, I'm sure they all have access to Suzuki Hayabusa's around them. Yeah, we, we're getting Bron Breaker out of the WWE on a Suzuki Hayabusa and sending him around Mategi next week. Just for shits it, and giggles. Does his girlfriend have infected gauged earrings? No, but no, but his his uncle is being eased back into uh, WWE programming. That's Noni's, though did Shoney's restaurant proprietor Scott Steiner. <laughs> <laughs> as you do never thought you'd see that one coming back but uh yeah it's a shame that uh the excitement of mark marquez's sudden comeback was uh curtailed by a nasty incident there speaking of nasty incidents yeah let's 
let's talk about Moto3. Uh, Isaac Guevara won to move 32 points clear of Sergio Garcia. Uh, Gas Gas running 1-2 in the championship. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about a Q1 incident involving the Mats racing team. That is Cyril Garda-Husvarna Mats and KTM Racing Ajo. Specifically, two Mats racing team mechanics and Adrian Fernandez, not the Mexican IndyCar driver of yesteryear, but the Spanish MotoGP rider of the Ajo KTM team, two mechanics from the Mats racing team deliberately tried to stop Fernandez from going out on the track of the Q1 session. The incident was investigated by MotoGP, and the two mechanics were fined 2,000 euros and given a two-race suspension, which has been deferred to later rounds because, well, COVID protocols and all. Immigration and all that, too. Yeah. Mats Viaggi, the owner of the Mats Racing Team, the Mats from which the Mats Racing Team is derived, put out a statement calling this unacceptable behavior. We publicly apologize to the Tech 3 Racing Team and Adrian Fernandez, an unsolicited dangerous action that cannot be justified in any way by our code of ethics. Those responsible will be appropriately punished. Now, what is it? Now, what do you make of this? That this has to jump the shark over everything else in the lower categories. Oh my God. Um, I saw this live in real time and we were startled. Um, on our Discord server as to how as to how this played out. We were immediately just like, well, what the fuck is that? And like I said, I've never seen anything like it in, in, in bike racing. And then Matt Oxley, the fantastic journo for uh Motorsport magazine, backed us up by saying, Yeah, I've been I've been covering bikes for 35 years. I've never seen that happen before. Um this is yeah, a he true- would know. And he would know. He's seen everything you can see in bike racing. He had I've never seen, seen mechanics that. of racing teams blocking off uh, camera people from mm. getting a look at the car while it's being worked on in the garage. I have never seen mechanics try and sabotage. This is like something out of like, this is some Disney Pixar's cars kind of shit. Right. Imagine, if you will, during last year's, during last year's title finale, a couple Mercedes mechanics just run down and just stand in front of Max's car in the pits. <laughs> They'd be uproar. <laughs> there would it would be the end of the world. It, it would be World War Three. It would be DEFCON Four on social media if that was to ever happen between those two during that title fight. I mean, like I said, CNN reported this story. Like Autosport.com. This, this was genuinely mainstream news in places that never cover MotoGP, let alone a Moto3 incident on a Saturday. And this uh, is during a period of national mourning in the United Kingdom. Y'all right. have a busy news cycle. Yeah, yeah, like, holy shit, Queen's dead, funeral, etc. was literally 12 hours ago as we record this. But, um, yeah, this was, this was <clears throat> like, legit, legitimately covered by CNN and other mainstream news outlets because this is such a unicorn. Um... Look, I, I, I can't argue, like, MotoGP's punishment, I think, is more than fair. Like, look, for better or for worse, MotoGP mechanics are not paid as much as you think they get They get paid. Finding them for 2,000 euros is actually going to put a dent in their wallet, which is what they sh- is what they should be getting, because, jokes aside, this was extremely dangerous. Um, okay. And I say they effectively grabbed, they, they grabbed the front of his bike and actually caused him to stall. 
yeah, like he stalled the bike. And yeah, as a result, Fernandez did miss an opportunity to go out to set a final qualifying run in Q1. Um, this was nasty work. And not only was it extremely dangerous, it's incredibly cynical. It's intentional foul play. Um, and Imagine, you know, if you will, Hungary qualifying 2007, except mm. instead of being Alonso in the pits, it's it's Ferrari. It's Raikkonen pulled into the McLaren pits. Right. It's it, it would be front page news. And yeah, it, not ideal. It, it's 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 nasty work across the board. It's cynical. Ramada Fanati squeezing the dude's brake handle on track was wild. Oh, yeah. I mean, still I mean wild, it was. Yeah, it was. And, and this is up there with that. I thought Dominic Agarter taking bumps like Ugh. Kurt Hennig was wild. Yeah. More on that, most likely for the Golden Cock nominations later on in the year. But um, yeah, Jesus, this is dirty. This is dirty. It's nasty. And there is no place for that behavior in motorsport. None. And I need to stress this enough. That was extremely dangerous. It was cynical. It could have led to multiple people being hurt. And it's embarrassing for the sport that this that this happened. You want to run out? You want to run out into the path of a racing motorcycle? Are you stupid? <laughs> and the only question mark I've got beyond this now, really, at this point, is: Are you telling me that those two dudes completely acted out of their own volition? Well, I ref- if you ask I the refused- guy whose name is on the team. <laughs> I sincerely hope that Max is being sincere when he's talking about this, because are you telling me that these two dudes were out there completely on their own volition? Because I look at this and I go, were they following orders? Did they just feel like, oh, I'm just going to stand out here and block my rival's bike? It's such an outlier and it's such a weird incident that like... (laughs) It makes me think they had to be following some sort of order from someone within the team. And it makes me very cynical indeed when talking about it because they're two grown adults, those mechanics. And I don't know, man. I I, I don't know. Like a lot of people were even more cynical than I was in saying they're adamant that Max was in on this. I don't know. But in any case... This can't run. This can't run. This absolutely cannot run. Um, to clarify, the two race suspensions because of immigration issues. Um, hence why it's been postdated to Phillip Island in Thailand as opposed to Mategi because of immigration concerns. Hence why it's been postdated a little bit. But uh, yeah, I, I have no problem with MotoGP's punishment on this one. Like hitting the mechanics where it hurts is probably a good thing rather than the team um and yeah like they, they apparently MotoGP were going to take them away immediately but then they realized oh, hang on like the bike needs its crew it, it, it would be dangerous to take members of a crew off a motorcycle straight away so hence why it's a, again another reason why it's a post-dated suspension but no 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 let's not do this Andrew Acosta got another win in Moto2, by the way. Oh, yeah. Rookie uh, of the Year in Moto2 on lock. Yeah, Moto2 Rookie of the Year. We also got con- confirmation that the uh, Moto2 grid, is, the Moto GP grid is, is complete. 
Augusto Fernandez is officially announced at Gas Gas this past weekend. So the 2023 grid is now full. Uh, we have a complete lineup for next year. So that's the other two bits of big bits of news to come out of this Remy weekend. Gardner's not been performing this season, but he still deserved better than just be one and done out of this. But it's the thing, right? If Pedro Acosta wins the Moto2 title next year, which he's probably going to go into as favorite between him and Ayagura, what are they going to do? Are they, are they going to tell him to stick around in KTM for another year in Moto2? Uh, no, they're going to bring him up to the KTM uh, full factory team in MotoGP, and they're going to chew him up and spit him out in two years, tops. <sighs> because that's what I feel like, like. We're bulking at the idea that, you know, they're going to get rid of the reigning Moto2 champion in one as a one-and-done rider. What do you think Augusto Fernandez is there for next year? <laughs> I don't even know, man. Like, KTM's just, rider management is just... They get like, all this great... They have all these great riders in all three classes, seemingly every year. And it goes great in Moto2 and Moto3. And they get up to the top level, and they're shit. <laughs> And they've got two teams. So what's the excuse? They've got two teams. Double the pain. And and you've signed those two guys there. And Augusto Fernandez feels like another seat filler for Acosta for 2024. That's what the hell is Augusto Fernandez a a bench warmer? A good rider. A very good rider by all accounts. You know, he's championship leader for a reason. He's improved massively this year. He was... Arguably good enough for MotoGP a couple of years ago, I would argue, when he was still at Mark VDS. But I, I, I find I find the whole KTM rider management situation absolutely mind-boggling, and it's only going to get worse because Fernandez will almost certainly be hung out to dry if Acosta comes through again next year, which is likely, given he's fast right now and the, the class is going to be weaker next year at the top level, you'd think with the only real big-name contender next year likely to be either Ayagura or Aaron Canet. And Canet's not even won a Moto2 race yet. He's good, but he's not winning a, He's not won a Moto2 race just yet, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a confusing situation. Much like the Max Racing team in that one. Uh, Justice, I think, was rightly served on that one. Right, that'll do it for episode 397 of Motorsport 101. We'll be back next time around MotoGP-wise. Mategi this weekend. Fingers crossed we have a race there. We'll have to wait and see, but let's be honest here. The race doesn't really matter. Let's hope the people of Japan can get through this as best they can. We'll see um, if, if we get a race on. But what's guaranteed is our next episode, episode 398, which we'll be recording next up, and it'll be... At IndyCar 2022 season preview, we go up and down the grid. We evaluate teams, drivers, hold their on futures. A hold on, hold on a minute. Drew. Our hmm? season preview. Review, review. Oh, yes, yes, right. I was I about to say, you know what? I'm going to go back in future. I'm going to say, you know what? Will Power is going to win this championship. I know it doesn't look all that alone. You, you reckon? Make myself hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Maybe, maybe only, maybe only, uh, maybe only one win on the year. You know, just just to make sure of it. Uh, just, just a thought. Just, just, just yeah, a thought. Season review. Yes. Next time on Motorsport One Hundred One. That Motorsport is indeed. Motorsport One Hundred One dot com. <laughs> 
Yep, you got it. And uh, as you can find us one more time, YouTube, Facebook, Motorsport 101, uh, Patreon.com if you want to back us financially on there, Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Our personal handles, Twitter-wise, at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, and at cbugley 917 All of our content, as said, Motorsport101.com. Hit us up on there. Until next time, I've been Dre Harrison, they've been RJ O'Connell, and Cam Buckley. Sayonara. Later, y'all. Don't grab onto a moving motorcycle unless you're on the motorcycle. That goes for you too, Fabio. Oh, God. <laughs>